When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It's Combine Week. Uh-oh. You can smell the gym class workouts from here all mm. the way in Indianapolis. By the way, we have got a loaded lineup of Combine coverage. You're already missing out. If you're just waking up I know, now. it's 9 a.m. You've been, you've been missing an hour and 15 minutes worth of content. It's 10.15 now. Well, we Jacob, at 9 this is a podcast recorded, so by the time they're hearing I'm, this, it'll be yeah, even it'll later. Be later but right now out. it's 10.15. If you're not above it, right, 10.15... You're already late to the party. 9 a.m. to 4 is your coverage mm-hmm. on SNR at the Combine. It is wall-to-wall, folks. You don't get a station that is going to give you that much access and that much Steelers coverage on February 27th. I don't even think there's a team out there who has nope. wall-to-wall coverage I'll for their respective it. teams. Even if it's true, I'm just going to say it. There is no team out there. No. They're not even close. None of the other teams. None of the other 31 either. teams. They're not even close. So make sure you're indulging in all that content. You got Euler out there. You got Lolly. You got Williamson. You got Starks. You got Moats. I think Dulac's going to be sniffing around out there, too. He always jumps on the radio every once in a while. I mean, you can't get any better unless, of course, you're listening to the Steeler Standard here via your podcast feed. Then we are the best. <laughs> we listed off we are the much more of Labs and Dulacs and Wolfs. Well, Labs doesn't go there anymore. Labs is retired from the old combine. His right. last combine was 2020, and I said, ah, a month before the year, the world ended, yeah. and then you were done forever. But anyways, add Recton Offerman to that pantheon of Steeler And they don't even need to go to Indianapolis to give you great combine coverage. Nope. News that happened last week on Friday, Steelers decided to move on from center Mason Cole, something that I think a lot of people expected them to do. Mason Cole had a pretty rough go of it this mm-hmm. year particularly in the category of snapping the football to the quarterback. Which I think you have to be good at if you want to be a center in the NFL. Pretty 101 stuff. So this has now been two centers that the team has experimented with in the wake of Marquise Pouncey's retirement, and they have failed on both accounts. I'll say this, they got better the second time. Mm-hmm. Like Mason Cole was definitely an upgrade from Kendrick Green. So I mean he played the position before. If you keep climbing the ladder, then you upgrade from Mason Cole, you might actually have a pretty decent center on your hands. Whether that's through free agency, whether that's through the draft, remains to be seen. It is a pretty decent class for centers, mainly the two at the top of the class, Jackson Powers Johnson, I believe is his name. I'm just going to call him JPJ. And then Zach Frazier out of West Virginia, who's coming off a little bit of an injury, might cause him to drop a little bit, and then maybe you can get away Stupid. with drafting a corner or a defensive lineman in the first the round and then round wait for Frazier in the second sure. round and maybe trade up in the second round to snag a Zach Frazier, but, you know, those are two pretty marquee centers. They're centers that you can get on the market. It's just a good move for the Steelers to move on from Mason Cole, and I think one that, while predictable, is still good to see actually be put in action. Um, That's the really one spot I think people 
keyed in on and said, that's got to get a lot better next season on this offensive line. Now, you want to get better than Dan Moore, but there seems to be an acceptance, at least with me there is, that they just like Dan Moore a lot. I don't think they feel the same way about Mason Cole. No, they clearly He's not a homegrown player either. They didn't draft him. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like the line now for two years has been getting better. You've been adding pieces into it. Um, Mason Cole didn't work out. Don't continue to just hope that he clicks, becomes average even, you know, cut your losses right away. And that's what they did just a couple of years with Cole. Um, this year worse than his first year, and you move on from the guy, uh, and you save cap space doing so. Uh, pretty obvious move for the Steelers, but again, yep. you know you got to find comfort in teams making the obvious moves sometimes because sometimes teams don't make the obvious moves. Um, but the Steelers, I think, so far it's so early in the offseason, but I think they've done everything as expected, and I don't mean that as a negative towards them. I, I think that's what... We expect because that's just what the M.O. is for the Steelers. We're so familiar with it, and and they're following that right now. Nothing really splashy has happened. They moved on from guys like Trubisky, Chooks, and Cole, all clear targets that we all speculated they would move on from. Um, You hear them in the news cycles about the Fieldses and the Cousins, but you don't really see any concrete connection there between those guys, and there won't be because they won't trade for them. So as expected in the early portions of the offseason, and again, that's not a bad thing. They're they're starting things off on the right foot. Yeah, definitely, and I'm not worried. I, I hear a lot of people out there saying, well, the timing of this move is weird. How could you really be that comfortable without a single center on your roster, you know, before you enter free agency, before you enter the draft period? And I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I don't think, you know, the other group of people are out there saying, well, now it forces the Steelers' hands. Now everyone's going to be on the watch for the Steelers to either heavily pursue a guy via the draft or free agency, and I don't think that matters because Mason Cole, whether he was dropped before or the start of the the next season, the 2025 season, it didn't matter. You, you knew this team wasn't going to move forward with Mason Cole as their starting center, so I think it's totally fine for this move to happen when it did. It just gives the Steelers more of an opportunity to really just say, oh, well, are we going to bring in this other new guy and see how he does against Mason Cole? What if this guy just isn't as good as Mason Cole? No, now you just know whoever you bring in now is going to be competing for that starting job and doesn't have to worry about competing against Mason Cole. It is un- it is unfortunate. It is tough to come to terms with, Tom. They have now gone over 2 uh, since replacing Marquise Pouncey, but like you said... I think they learned from their mistake after trying to make the Kendra Green thing work after the get the kid never played a single snap under center in his entire collegiate career. And then of course he comes to the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger's final season hmm. and is expected to protect a Hall of Fame legendary quarterback. And be the captain of that offensive line. Right. Not to say that he's the leader in the locker room, but when you're in the game, the center has to make the calls. He has to call mm-hmm. protection changes. Point and out that, the was, that was with a very, you know, raw offensive yeah, line around him. Yeah, there was youth around him. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was no, like, fan of next to him. I think Kevin Dotson was the oldest member of that offensive line, and he was, what, like 26 years old or something How about like that? he's, like, a big deal now in free agency, too? Like, there's a whole yeah. article on ESPN well, I, mean, I saw about the Rams needing to retain Kevin Dotson. I mean, good for him. And he yeah. had shown flashes his rookie year in Pittsburgh. Wasn't working out here, though, so I'm not going to, you know, have sour grapes and be like, 
I can't believe the Steelers let him go. See, Marlon Daniels are both better than he is, but just interesting to me that like this guy who Steelers moved on from, mm-hmm. he credit to him took the opportunity in LA and ran with it to the point now where people are saying they need to bring him back. Anyways, I I I'm not gonna do that same thing either and just say how could you let Kevin Dotson go just because he wasn't the right fit here. No, he wasn't. and that's okay. You can be a right fit somewhere else and just not always in Pittsburgh. Uh, but you just have to understand now the state of the offensive line. It is evolving. You have uh, Broderick Jones as your potential best member of that line. You have Isaac Sayamalo as the vet who could be maybe number two to Broderick Jones. And now in this draft class, I'd be pretty surprised if they don't take a tackle or a center within those first two or even three rounds of this draft. I really think you have to prioritize it. Um, I know people are looking elsewhere, such as the cornerback room and the I, lack I of I want depth. a center in the draft. I do too. There you go. Connor Williams is PFF's number one ranked center right now. His total free agent rank in 2024 is 37. Pretty good for a free agent mm-hmm. prospect. Um, he tore his ACL in week 14, and he's going to be rehabbing starting in March. I think he's probably expected to be able to play, or else why would you rank him as your number one center if you're PFF in, in the free agency class? But I want to go with a young guy. A young guy who's played mm-hmm. the center position. You know, Pouncey started his rookie year and was incredible, but he played center at Florida for one of the best teams in college football back then for a couple of years and was ready for that position change. And if he played guard at Florida, my memory's a little bit fuzzy there, he had experience at center at times in college. Him and his brother both did. I think that if you so look at this year's you get draft, a guy, but I'm sorry, yeah. you get a young yeah. center who has experience playing yep. center for an Oregon, for a West Virginia. You know, West Virginia went eight and four this year. Oregon won ten games, almost went to the college football playoff. Like those guys were playing the center position for teams that were relevant in college football last year, big time college football last year. I know the Steelers are adverse to kind of throwing rookies into the fire, but that's the route I want to take. I think that. As opposed to Kendrick Green, you have the anchors around the center now that you can allow a rookie to kind of get his feet wet week one in the season next year at that position when you have Seamalo and Daniels to his flanks and you have Broderick Jones either on the left or the right side probably becoming that anchor, becoming yep. that number one guy on the line. So I think the line as a whole is is better insulated to handle a rookie center than with Kendrick Green. And I think you draft in the first or second round a true center who has higher pedigree than Kevin Kendrick Green did. I'm with you. I think, and then you just have a guy for five, ten years. Yep, like, I'm with that's you. What you. It's want. all about the building blocks. You bring, you draft Broderick Jones with the first round pick. You bring in a guy like Isaac Siumalo, who was on arguably the most formidable offensive line in football for the last three to four years, and then the next year you can bring in another piece. Uh, and right there and then, if you if I'm not saying the guy that you draft in the first round or maybe even the second round at either tackle or center is going to be a home run, but I trust Omar Khan. Uh, He's done a great job and has won just over one year as the head honcho at the front office for this team. Um, So I I believe that he'll bring in the right person. He'll evaluate the draft talent. He'll evaluate where the Steelers are at position 20 and bring in someone that can add as another building 
building block to that offensive line, and all of a sudden you have three guys. And that's something you've talked about a lot, Tom. You don't need an entire offensive line to be really great. I mean, look at Trent Williams in San Francisco. Trent Williams, is there's one guy and then four other dudes who just play alongside that that guy. So to have at least three out of five, I think, is a huge, huge, huge step in the right direction. Not just a huge step in the right direction. It's where you want to be. I think a lot of teams would look around the league and say, we would kill to have three guys on our offensive line that we trust, that we love. And then you look at the supplemental pieces. You have Dan Moore Jr. You have James Daniels, who I think will start for you because I don't expect them to pursue a guard in this draft. Guards are fine. Tim was on with me yesterday when I was hosting for Mark, and he said somebody brought up guard in the mock. Like, guards are one of the more solid positions that the Steelers have. Not just with the starting two, but Herbig, the other Herbig, mm-hmm. is a good backup guard. So anyways, and Dan Moore, if he gets bumped to a swing role, could be a backup guard as well. Exactly. I think you're really okay with that uh, that position at the interior guard. So it's just looking at the center and tackle. And then if you so if you say James Daniels solid starter, then all of a sudden you're okay with four members of your offensive line, and you really can't make excuses for just saying, "Well, Dan Moore is gonna gonna be the Achilles heel of this team." Well, that's putting a lot of pressure on one guy when the other four should be good enough to supplement for his lacking of ability. It feels like an Andy Weidel thing to have a offensive lineman taken in the first or second round of this draft too. He likes to stockpile on the trenches. Mm-hmm. Now he also likes to stockpile on the defensive side of the ball too, so maybe a defensive tackle shouldn't be out of the question either that early. But say draft day rolls around and the first round's over and they take Guyton out of Oklahoma a tackle. And then day two rolls around and Omar Khan pulls a con artist, trades up a little bit, gets Zach Frazier out of West Virginia. I like it. I know wow. that you have ignored the defensive side of the ball for your first two picks. I know that you need defensive line help. I know that you need another cornerback, and you need to get premier talent because you need them to play like immediately at those positions. But if you can get that tackle and you can get that center, I don't think anybody will walk away with those first two rounds saying those are bad picks. You'll say, got to go defense now in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, but I really like the way this offensive line is shaping up. If that's true, five minutes ago, three minutes ago, I was talking about being okay with three members of your offensive line. If Weidel and Khan go back-to-back center and tackle or vice versa in this draft, all of a sudden you're saying, yeah, five guys seems legit because you have your current three in James Daniels, Broderick Jones, and Isaac Samalo. You add two via the draft. They're going to start because Chooks is gone. Dan Moore Jr. isn't much of a competition, and then you need a center, right? You're right now without a center on your roster, so you assume that guy that you spend a first-round draft pick on or even a second-round draft pick on should be good enough to start for you. All of a sudden, you know, Tom, you've talked me into five starting offensive linemen who are legitimate starters for this team or can be legitimate starters for this if team. If that's how they go about yeah, it. Yeah, I no. don't predict. But no, I don't think it's... I think it could happen, but I don't think it will. I think they'll go I don't think it's outlandish for you to say Andy Weidel did it in Philadelphia. Why he loves he building in here? the trenches. He loves building in the trenches. And especially when you pair him with Art Rooney and Art's... Ple- not plead, but, but uh, end of season wish list and saying, I want to run the ball more. I want to be a more ground and pound kind of team. You have Najee Harris. You have Jalen Warren. Two of the toughest running backs in the National Football League. Well, even more than that, you hired Arthur Smith, and Exa- that's the great. That's and the offense I, that's that exactly he likes where I run. was getting to as as the final point of that argument is all these pieces are lining up for you to really allow yourself to be okay with spending more than just one early round draft pick on the offensive line, rather than spreading it out to the defensive line or even the cornerback room. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And the Steelers, you know, are a team lucky where they are identified with more than just one position. They're identified with great linebackers. They're identified with great centers. And they drafted Mike Webster. They mm-hmm. drafted Dermonte Dawson. They drafted Marquise Pouncey. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't draft Jeff Hardings, who I'd say is probably in that maybe fourth sure. category there. He was brought over from Detroit. I mean, he's the only other one that's won a Super Bowl. Right. Gone and he to was a first-team All-Pro with the Steelers yep. and a second-team All-Pro with the Steelers. But Harding's the outlier there. And despite him coming over from Detroit, there was only a five-year period from 2001 to 2006 where Harding's was the guy for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So very short-lived. I mean, you could the say other even three, when, though, when he three, left, it was when that offensive line really started to falter. For a little bit until and they that's came when, back. And that's when Big Ben got on the podium in Super Bowl Forty Three and said, look who's not laughing now, offensive line. I don't think he would have done that if Jeff Harding's was still on the team. So Harding's aside, who I think is number four in, in history— your top three are all homegrown talents who were here for 10-plus years. Mm-hmm. It's just the Steelers' way at that position, and they tried. Yeah, I don't fault them for trying. No, but I think they, they tried the wrong yeah, person. Sure. Like, And I think everybody could be like, well, it's easy to say that now, but we kind of said that back then, too. There was a lot—he like hadn't played center before. He was undersized, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about Kendrick Green here. So they have gone to the draft— to try to find their next center for the franchise and picked him kind of in the middle rounds and mm-hmm. didn't have that lot of potential and wasn't a center at any time really at his time in Illinois. And then they tried to go the Hardings route and get a guy from an NFC North yeah. team, the Minnesota Vikings this time, to come in and be the center for maybe five years. And it didn't work out with Mason Cole. So I go back to the drafts and, and go back to that drawing board. Yeah, and It's hard to compare draft classes as well because – the draft process in the seventies compared to today oh, yeah, is entirely different. There were like twenty five plus rounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like twenty plus rounds back in the seventies. But and I don't even know how late. I know Mike Webster was a late draft. Oh pick, yeah, five. But you can't really discredit them for taking him because he's part of the greatest draft class in NFL history. And you look at Dermarty Dawson, a second, second round, round pick, draft yeah. pick. You look at Marquise Pouncey, a first, first round pick. draft pick. So when they went for Kendrick Green, a guy that came from a school that didn't have a lot of pedigree out of Illinois, that never played the position himself, and was taken with a third-round draft pick, you kind of have to say, look at the writing on the wall and say, yeah, the Steelers obviously were trying to hit gold for a fourth time at that position via the draft, but they really kind of not shot themselves in the foot, but were really going off the beaded path for which they normally take a high high draft capital and someone with great a great pedigree coming out of college. And that's what Har- Hardings was a first round pick too in Detroit. Yeah. So I mean he had that pedigree as well when the Steelers Before he came him, to Pittsburgh, sure. Get a high pedigree guy at that center position. Now, the backup plan that I've seen and maybe this is where some people might speculate that they need a guard. The center is in house and it's in one of the guard spots right now. James Daniels could play center. Herbig could play center. I've seen Matt Williamson propose this uh, last season that he thinks that Herbig could be a pretty decent center. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've seen other people speculate that if they fail in the draft, if they fail in free agency, that internally one of those two guys might be the solution and whoever's not the center slides in at the other guard spot. I think that's an okay backup plan. That might be a better backup plan than going out into free agency Mm -hmm. with this free agent crop, but I don't want to go to the backup plan. I need to get one of these centers in the first two rounds of this draft class. Yeah, I'm with you. And I don't want to do that experiment of bringing in someone who doesn't really know how to play center. And even try though he'd that be in house, sure, but still, I I rather get a I guy. Daniel has some experience. I'd rather get a guy at center who was born to play center. I think he's got some experience, James. Daniel, I'm looking up and see. You forget, James Daniel's 26 years old. Like, you forget how young he is. Right. Like, he's got four more years before he hits 30. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of prime for a, a player who's been playing pretty damn well. And I mean, if you bring in a rookie center, and then you still have Dan Moore, maybe as He played your, a little bit of center his second year But I'm Chicago. just saying, you bring in Dan Moore as maybe your fifth best offensive lineman, Isaac Ciamalo is by far and away your oldest member of that offensive line. And he's not even that old. No, I think he is like... 28 or like I think he's 30 uh, either way 30? he's still got at least a year two years mm-hmm. that he still would operate at a high level and I'm really excited to actually see Isaac Siamalu he's 30 years old he'll be 20, 31 next year I'm excited to see him full off season after being a starter in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. I think it took him a little bit of time even though yeah, he had absolutely. an off season last year and he was signed mm-hmm. you know early in free agency went to minicamp went to Training camp. Yeah, did, uh, did I, I want to see like he's worked with this unit for a full season now, and now they get to go into an off season together as that unit with seventeen games, eighteen games because of the playoffs of experience under their belt. Um, and Ciamalu was a lot better in the second half last season than yes. he was in the first half. Definitely. So pretty excited about him. Pretty optimistic about the offensive line if they do what's expected as the off season moves forward. But as I said at the beginning of this episode, they've been doing exactly what we've expected and what they need to do. So far, the old so far so good for the Pittsburgh Steelers off season. When we come back, we'll keep talking some combine stuff. Keep talking about some needs that the Steelers might need in the draft. It's going to be here before you know it. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steelers Standard. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 